What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, the High on LAFC podcast, with your favorite host, myself, Dylan Monterey, and my very good friend, who's an LAFC fanatic, just like all of you out there listening, Jorge Martinez. Say hello. Yo, what's going on, brother? What is going on, my dude? Another week in the bag. Um, another week of LAFC content to talk about. Um, only a few weeks away from the start of the season. Yeah. And uh, some Scared disappointing up. preseason losses so far. Yeah, we lost a 2-1 to DC United. But like we mentioned before, take these with a grain of salt. Like... It's preseason. It's Wayne pre-season. Rooney was out in Palm Springs getting a sunburn. It's yeah, no big deal. He's, they all went golfing after, you know. So yeah. it's it's all good. Like it's it's more about you know trying different tactics and new things. Not necessarily. It's not necessarily about the the win, but it's more about just trying new different things. Like I, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a preseason match. I haven't been to these here at the at Coachella, but I've been in a few preseason matches before. Or and friendlies at the bank and stuff, and you know it's like the starters play for the first thirty five minutes to the to half, mm. and then second half, like it's you see like five changes right off the start, and then pretty much by the end of the game, you don't it, recognize anybody. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's you know take it with a grain of salt. It's about trying different players, and. Uh, different uh, different teams so that's all we gotta do right and aside from that like yeah it's just it's preseason it's preseason and um well some big news has kind of been going on lately in the past couple days with um as we we've addressed last week and last episode you know Chicho has left so we do need a striker and the news that has come out is that Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang of Chelsea might just be a realistic option for LAFC. And Jorge, this is a guy who's actually on your favorite club in Europe right now. Mm-hmm. We know about his issues from his times at Arsenal, but call me crazy, dude. But I think this would be an epic and special move for LAFC. Dude, 100%. Like, first of all, like, he'd be coming here for free. <laughs> Agreement between Chelsea and LAFC um, is also with, uh, with the wages covered. So, like, the, the wages are going to be entirely covered. So, yeah, it's... This is a part. This is a move that can work for both parties. Initially, I thought, oh, you know, Chelsea's got offload players. We need a striker. But um, since we're covering the, or since the wages are being covered, I'm not sure how this works in that in that aspect. More, more for Chelsea. More as if it's just kind of like them kind of doing a bombing a solid because they're like, yeah, you're not gonna play, and mm-hmm. you're just gonna be surplus here, and and it's also not good necessarily. Not that I, because I. I contrary, I've, I've seen some people saying, you know, talking about like his attitude and stuff, and I know you kind of have like the same sort of belief that I do, but I really feel like that was a different bombing. That was a sort of Arsenal situation, something between, not necessarily Arsenal the club, but you know, at the things with the there at Arsenal with Arteta and stuff. And now you can clearly see that that's 
that that's this is what Arteta needed a a younger squad to mold. He didn't need a, you know, not to say this with like any sort of like negative connotation, but unfortunately it comes off that way. But any sort of ego, and you get to a certain level in world football, you know, making a certain wage, playing on certain teams, where it's not necessarily that you have an ego per se, but you know, you gotta what you think of yourself is is how you portray yourself, right? So you you're. He's an elite striker, and he's going to think to himself, I'm an elite striker. Why wouldn't he? Of what the career mm-hmm. that he's had, why wouldn't he? So, you know, and, and, and this in that sort of locker room that I thought that was molding, he needed younger minds. He needed, because he needed to instill his philosophy. Mm-hmm. And that's not always easy with older, you know, players or, or elite players. It just doesn't always work that way. And I really feel like that's kind of what happened at Arsenal. He just needed... He needed everyone to completely 100% buy in because even Lacazette, like, I know he was, like, his, like, veteran guy last season, but, like, if you look at the at Lacazette's face in the Arsenal all or nothing, it looks like half the time he's thinking to himself, like, what the hell is this guy talking about, you know? And, and every, but look, and look, that's all worked out great for them and all, but, look, Aubameyang moved on. He went to Barcelona, and we saw a completely different Barca, or a different uh, player at Barca. Good attitude. You saw him working off the ball. He was, like, scoring game in, game out at one point. It seemed like he was in a great run of form. And then, you know, Lewandowski came around. And, I mean, who's who's playing second fiddle to Lewandowski? No one. You're not going to play. Yeah. Like, just to, like, you know, add to that uh, whole Arsenal point, like, this is the guy who was the captain of at, Arsenal exactly. at the time. Like, at one point, he was the captain. He, he, he was the captain previous to... You know the manager from when mm-hmm. Arteta with came. Arteta. So even with Arteta, he was initially the captain. Too, he was initially, in, but that's the thing. Like this is an elite guy, elite goal scorer who was functioning a certain way under different managers. That when Arteta came in, yeah, it was just it was different because Arteta needed to. You're right, kill the ego mm-hmm. to instill his plans and and mind look you, at them now. Yeah, and mind you, this is when Aubameyang was. Like 29 years old. In right? the prime or, or of his career, 31, really. 31, I think, right? 31, 30 years old. So mm-hmm. it's still kind of like a different sort of mindset that he might have now at 33. Yeah, and, and you're right. Look, he went to Barcelona and it just felt like he wanted to leave Arsenal at whatever cost or whatever it was possible. Yeah, like he, his, the decision was like made and it's like, look, mm-hmm. it's just this relationship is, is torn. Right, and... and Unfortunately for him, Lewandowski ended up showing up and taking his taking his starting gig, yeah. and throwing him in a situation just like similar to that of Arsenal. But if you looked at the the news or whatever during that period at Barcelona, you did not hear Aubameyang being a toxic individual in the locker room. He was just mm-hmm. a bench warmer, but that didn't mean. He was toxic because you could just as easily use your ego and be a bad guy in the locker room if you're not starting. And on Barca, he didn't show that to me. And then once he gets to Chelsea, it was kind of a last-minute addition. We know Thomas Tuchel was there and needed a striker at the time. And he had experience working with Aubameyang. And being that Aubameyang was surplus to requirements at Barcelona because uh-huh. of Lewandowski, it just kind of fell into the lap of going to Chelsea. Uh-huh. But I don't think that was a 
I don't think that would would have been his first decision, but it just was the right decision at that time. It just so happens that Tucho uh-huh. got fired like a week or two later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which totally killed, I bet, Aubameyang's... Uh, Confidence and yeah. like just his drive, his drive, you know, his motivation. He was like, damn, I was going to work with my guy. Right. And now they just fired him. Now what's going to happen to me? What's going to... What is a new manager going to want? So it's just different kind of things going on. And I, I don't think he's going to bring a toxic, any sort of toxicity into our locker room. And the fact that he'd have his 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 dog here too. Yeah. Dennis like, Buanga. Dennis Buanga, our very own, who joined us last, uh, mid, midway through the year in mm-hmm. August, I believe, is... Has been a revelation, I felt. I think he's been just such a good player for us. Great workhorse. Like, the energy, the dribbling, the speed. Like, Oh, man. I, so like, good. Buwanga is... When you see him running on the pitch, to me, he looks different than anyone else uh-huh. in an MLS uniform. I at least so. most. And I think... Well, we're, that's what we're going to get from Aubameyang. Because Aubameyang is going to be playing with, with his mate. You know, with his huh? homie. He's gonna be playing with someone from the national team. He's, he can be speaking French to him. Exactly. Like, he's <laughs> like, you know how you know how it is. Like when you go play at the park with your friend, you like you're just going, and then you end up playing with like a random group of people. But you know your friend. You don't know anyone else on your team. But you and your friend know each other, mm-hmm. and you're just like on the field. You guys just like you play one of the best games of your life or whatever, and one of the best pickups because it's like, all right, like I know what you can do. I know what, what I can do. Like and like we're just gonna work really well with each other. We're gonna have fun with it because we don't really know anyone else. Mm-hmm. Not obviously, Buang is well integrated with the squad, and I don't think, I think. Actually, having Buanga would make things so much easier for buying and maybe that's one reason too why he's like, "Hey, Buanga's there. Like, I won't be alone. I'll be there mm-hmm. with a friend, like someone that I know, a familiar face, like, and we can like have fun with this." And I, and I think that's what's gonna happen. Like, they're gonna, I think we're gonna see like, like a combination of like flair and and skill, and we're just gonna see a lot of like just players just kind of having fun because Buanga we've seen that from him he likes to drive forward mm-hmm. and, and dribble he's at relentless you. I he's love relentless. that about him I love that you know and he he, he he has that sort of flair too he plays both these players play with flair and I, I think we're going to see some exciting stuff up top bro like it's going to be it's going to be fun it's going to be cool well bro you don't have to convince me because I totally would love this to happen even a bombing at 33 years old like alright we mentioned he basically became a bench warmer for the past couple seasons but to me, that doesn't... It's just been circumstances of the club, right. I really think. It, it is circumstances of the club, but that just means he has more legs under him, even though he's 33 years of age. Because at Barca, last season, while he was there, when he was, like, you know, like... The guy. He was the guy. He he played almost... He was a starter. And then, again, he left, why? Because of Lewandowski. Who Who is going to bench Lewandowski? No one. The only person that could possibly come close would be Benzema. Yeah, that's very, the only person limited. and yeah. guess what he won a ball on door so like it's it's not gonna happen you're not gonna bench Lewandowski at Chelsea he was brought there like you said it just kind of fell into Chelsea's lap but the whole premise of everything was Tuchel if Tuchel mm-hmm. was not there it never would have worked out then Tuchel's gone you get a new manager and then you also get all these like random signings like it's not like yeah he's been a bench warmer but it's not like he's been a bench warmer because he's not necessarily good. It's just like kind of the situation. What's right. going on? It's, like. it's totally Aubameyang's circumstances. And, you know, we talked off the air 
about how like if you put you could put a Boma Yang on any top four team on any top five league and he could be productive and I think so too. even in like he could play for a top four team in the Premier League, but I, I think more he's more ideal for like a ten through ten through six, ten through four kind of guy, just because yeah. of how competitive the Premier League is. Uh, like he could, I could easily see him with like, like Newcastle. Exactly, a Newcastle, an Aston Villa, mm-hmm. West Ham, if they weren't so terrible. But like he could play for uh, Lyon in in France. He could play for Marseille. He I could play for a second. I was thinking Lyon in oh, Mexico. No. no, no, I really don't want him to go to Mexico. Hell he no. could play for them. There. There too. <laughs> he could, but anyway, uh, like he could play in top teams in Italy and Roma and AC Milan, and the list could go on and on. This is still a player I who agree. has a lot to give. Shit, to even Turkey, e- even Turkey. And if you look at it that way, this is a player who can literally go to any club mm-hmm. in Europe, in Europe. And the fact that we are rumored with him to bring him to MLS and LAFC, I. I think that would be a huge coup for us. I think so, too. I think this is... In turn, I'm not going to call him a Chicho replacement and because Chicho can never be replaced, but he's a nine, right? A nine replacement in that mm-hmm. aspect. But, like, this is the perfect way to answer that question. You mm-hmm. let go of the most productive or one of the most productive strikers in the league the last season and a half, two seasons, whatever. Mm-hmm. You let him go, not for peanuts, you let him go for $6 million, so a fair amount of money. But we're all sitting here wondering, like, now what? Like, he's mm-hmm. he's he's the hottest hand in the league, right? So what do you do? Like, how do you sort of – we couldn't with, – with Chicho leaving, he was leaving a big hole. It's not like we could go and get an up-and-coming number nine who's just played, like, 18 months – in you know the Uruguayan first division like it's not we can't take that sort of chance we can't get like no this is we didn't lose a depth spot we lost a starting spot yeah we need a starting sort of striker to come in and do the job and we're remember we were talking about like who do we go for who do we go for El Tigre Esen Cavani like Mm -hmm. oh we should have gone for Luis Suarez you know like like who who do we who's a realistic like because I don't know about you bro but I wanted, like, some sort of world-class, elite, international kind of, like, player. I didn't want just another, like, uh, like okay, this was... Chicho is, like, the standard and the baseline. I want mm-hmm. minimum Chicho and above, and that's what we got. I, I'm not saying Obama Yang is going to score, like, 50 goals or something. I don't know. Because the league I don't is know, difficult, but... but. It, look, this league is a competitive league, as we've seen. Players uh-huh. like Bale kind of realize that. So I don't think Bumming would come here and just, you know, just blow up the league with goals and assists. Mm-hmm. But he is a player who can fill that role of uh-huh. Chicho of, as a starting striker in a top league on a winning team because a winning team, exactly. he's so experienced. He has that European pedigree. You know, we don't... At this point in time, I wouldn't want a Diego Rossi as my starter, at uh-huh. least just barely coming from Uruguay yeah, or Argentina want- or something, because we at this point are trying to repeat or, you know, mm-hmm. most people have mentioned the CONCACAF Champions League is our probably our main objective this season something that we haven't won. Yeah. So hopefully, dude, if we can walk away with the, the trouble. 
you know. Yeah, the uh, the U.S. U.S. Open oh. Cup, the MLS Cup, yep. and the Concacaf Champions. League. We would be the best. Well, we would be the only team to have done that. And we could also possibly win the League's Cup. And um, what was the other thing I was thinking of? This, oh, and the Supporter Shield. Five trophies in one season, bro. I want to see it happen. Look, man. A boy can I, dream. I want exactly one can dream <laughs> because even, even though. Even though Obamian could be brought to the mm-hmm. club, I still think we lack the depth to kind of have all that yeah. uh, kind of winning or uh, those trophies. Or uh, It's but, tough, man. There's a lot of competitions. That, you know, you got to have a deep squad. But realistically, I think we should try to repeat MLS and go for the Conca Champions. Since we, yeah. One step be- at a time, but Obamian... Coming to LAFC would be, I think, a fantastic buy. And you're right, Jorge, you mentioned it. Chelsea would be just getting rid of him and sending him to a different club to not become potentially a poison. Yeah. Because he would be sitting on the bench without any game time. And he would know that. Everyone would know that. And he'd just kind of be sitting there collecting wages, not doing anything. Just kind of bringing the hundred sixty thousand pounds per week, Jorge. If I could just have... One week's wages. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That did definitely make a difference, bro. For sure. Um, well, so far, nothing has been concrete. It's been a lot of rumors. But, you know, with the transfer window in the MLS being extended through April 24th, well into the MLS season. That's crazy. It's a... Uh, it's still an opportunity. It is something that we can do. But with that being said, with it being till April 24th, there's still other options that we could commit to. Mm-hmm. I just hope it's sooner rather than later because Same. this season is coming in very, very, very soon. Yeah. CONCACAF Champions League, I think, is two weeks after the start of the MLS season. So Costa Rica. It's going to be one of those... Uh, I don't know. I just... I would... I would like to go into this with at least some sort of form. Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, we want any any sort of situation where we're having players come in and kind of like, okay, now that we got this addition, we got to change how we play or, mm-hmm. or it changes the way we play, you know, like it somehow affects the team in that aspect. So hopefully we can have our full squad ready to work mm-hmm. before even if that's at least a week before the opener, you know, it's something so that you have some sort of cohesiveness and some sort of, like, uh, you know, idea or identity for the squad going forward for the season. It just really helps to have that sort of chemistry. Uh, hopefully, we don't get, like... I mean, I wouldn't doubt it if we do get someone, like, later on after... Just because of where we are right now. We're early, we're early to mid-February. Mm. These sort of deals and things they take time as we've seen like as we saw with like Buanga you know we signed him and then he didn't show up for like a month right and that was when the transfer window was open it has a lot to do with getting a work permit to work in this country and being that Buanga Mm -hmm. you know because he's a Gabon Gabon international I imagine it's a little bit tougher yeah well they're French though no, he's Gabonese. He is Gabonese? Yeah, because he plays with the national team. Okay. Well, so I know. he's got the... I mean, he might have a French passport, so maybe mm-hmm. he has, like, an EU. Like, maybe right. he's it through that. But, yeah, he, he does play uh, with the, right. uh, the, Gabon, the Gabon national team. He's actually... If you guys have seen the... Uh, I've mentioned it a couple times... The Netflix series Captains. It's about the, a few select few countries captains. Uh, 
you know, talking I'm on about Modric, I think. Yeah, Modric <laughs> comes out. It's a they um, a few players, you know, kept, like it just shows the process of them qual- going through the qualifiers and everything. One of those is Aubameyang with Gabon, and talk about all that. And Wong is in that show, so Wong is a Netflix star. That's totally LA, bro. Totally LA. Check it out. I actually haven't seen that episode, so it's, now you've piqued yeah. my interest there. It's pretty cool, dude. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like it's split over a few episodes the way to do it, but it's pretty cool, man. I, I would definitely check it out, and I think it'll also give you guys, give everyone an insight into uh, into Pierre Mkubwa Yang, and just remember this guy, like just a little bit of background, you know, my, my is while I'm here. This guy had the opportunity. He could have played for the French national team. But his dad was Ash, who's also named... You're right. Actually, I yeah. did see uh, that episode. He played for the Gabon national, national team. team. Yeah. And he's like... He's a... In Gabon, he's a, like a star. Right. Like he's revered. He's the, actually the coach of the national team. And, you know, Aubameyang's the captain of the national team. And you kind of get some insight into the way that Aubameyang led these players. Aubameyang understood his role on that team. He's like, I'm an elite world-class player. I understand that these guys are not. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them play in the you know lower top top divisions in Europe or in the second divisions or even they could be playing in the domestic league I'm not entirely sure but you know he we're talking about someone who's was at Arsenal was at Barca was at Chelsea was at Dortmund he came through the AC Milan Academy like this is a, a big a big name and and the way I what I saw from him in that documentary was a lot of just like I saw him as a humble guy. I never saw mm-hmm. him as like, oh, I don't need to train, I don't need to practice. He's like, he's like, I'm up here, and I need to, to use that or right. just sort of, okay, I'm up here, so I gotta be the example. I gotta bring these guys up to me. I can't. I never saw him like lose faith or anything. He's a kind of. It seemed he like he was the kind of leader that is about motivation and rallying everyone together. So I think it's a it's a huge thing. We're getting not only a world class striker, but we are getting another world class leader. I, I think so. This whole idea that he would be a toxic person for the locker room, I think is just, it's played out because of the Arsenal situation. And, and yeah. I don't think that that would be the case for us. I really don't think so. I think he would come here for at least one year and give it his very all because he also wants to return to the top, top level and be a, a starter at a, at a big European club, I imagine. So, and he's on, he would come only on loan. So um, he has a lot to lose if he does have a toxic uh-huh. kind I mean, of mentality. Like he's thirty three. This is kind of like, in a way, this is like the last chance saloon for him. Because mm-hmm. after this, like, who's gonna want to pick him up in Europe if that's his plan ultimately to return? AC Milan hired Giroud at thirty five, bro. So that is true. So I think he has a chance to go. But back Giroud to is different gravy. Yeah, he's different. Great. I'd still want Giroud here if we got the oh, chance. Oh fuck yeah! I'm, yeah, yeah. Of course I'd want him here. But anyway, well, uh, you know, Jorge, we've talked in, in previous podcasts like about getting more depth for the mm-hmm. team, and one position that we haven't really got that depth is midfield. Uh-huh. And you know, there's just a rumor. I guess it is right now uh-huh. with. Uh, it, Malik Tillman's brother Timothy Tillman Timothy Tillman who is currently playing in the second division of or the second Bundesliga for Foyth and he's a midfielder at 24 years of age so 
that to me would not be the worst thing in the world getting a young player who can add to the depth that we already have at midfield Mm -hmm. and who knows maybe he comes here and plays well for us and tries to get himself a bigger move to Europe or back to Europe because we've seen a lot of young players come from different parts of the world Uh come here show off their game and get a move to Europe dude and not only that he's not going to just any team it's not like he's going to like Cincinnati Minnesota no disrespect but he's coming (laughs) to a team that is globally recognized everyone Mm -hmm. knows who LAFC is don't don't tell me that they don't anyone who watches soccer if you watch it doesn't matter doesn't matter what league you watch. You're aware of the country that is the United States. You're aware that they have a soccer team that is mm-hmm. the MLS. Everyone who watches soccer knows this. People who don't know this are soccer casuals, maybe, that only right. watch like the World Cup or the Champions League or something. But now, if you're watching the Champions League, you're, prob- you're aware of the MLS. And you're aware of LAFC. You just are. This is where Bale, who just retired, everyone knows who Bale is. Mm-hmm. And then he just retired. He retired at LAFC. Everyone knows that. Giorgio Chiellini won the Euros and then came here the following year. Everyone knows who... If you watch soccer, if you're a fan of the game, you know who Giorgio Chiellini is. You know who LAFC is. With that being said, he's coming here to a team that is already being watched. Mm-hmm. You know, other players on that team are being watched. For example, see, Fuentes is still... I think just a few days ago, Fabrizio Romano came out and said that he's still being viewed. Uh, there's still some possible clubs out there in Europe. Uh, you know, it's still everything just rumors, but but that's but just that's just an example. Like we have eyes on the team, so it's good for a player like like Timothy Tillman to come here, try his trade, garner, move back to again, move back to back to Europe. But I think this would be a great addition to the squad because he is a dual national, so that wouldn't take up an international roster. Or a spot, so we can come slide right in. It helps to have more Americans, and on top of that, like you know, he's he's the brother of of uh, Malik. Maybe we can get Malik to come over here. <laughs> Dude, that would to me that would be, be cool. that would be really cool. But he's over there and Rangers. Yeah, killing he's it, killing so. it. Uh, he's the guy. He's actually the guy at Rangers, which is kind of crazy. It's still yeah, I know it's a Scottish league, but to be a, a teenager and be the guy in a in a league in Europe. Dude, I mean, shit, I'm not even the guy at Sunday League. <laughs> you know, I would, <laughs> I would love to be that guy, you know, at and, and for Rangers. It's a very, very, um, very, very, like, historically, like, well-known club. Like, everyone knows, not everyone, but a lot, most people do know who Rangers is. Again, if you, if you know who LAFC is, most likely you know who Rangers is, and vice versa. Right. So, I hope this, this move does happen with Timothy Tillman as the more depth, He's young, he's motivated, um, so he'll get the game time because mm-hmm. you know right now at the moment we only have Sifu, Acosta, and Iliate that uh-huh. are really definitive um, starter material players in the midfield. So hopefully we do end up uh, closing that deal very soon. I hope but, so too, man. But one deal that we did get closed, and uh, it's a position that we talked about that we were in need, is Sergi Valencia, who is also a Barca Academy product. Yeah. And if there's something that LAFC it. loves, is a Barca Academy product. That's all we... Hey, man, we only want the best. We only want the best. Yeah, like, 
I agree. Barcelona's academy, they, they do build some pretty good players, uh, very fundamental players. And this is right back who's 26 years of age. Um, he's played in top division, played for uh, Bordeaux in the league on. He's played for St. Etienne. As well in League Un, which is where Buanga came from, and they got hey, this. Let's go. And so th- this is a this is a kid who's been around Europe. You know, maybe not on the best of teams, but but he's been around. He's been know? around. He's competitive, and you know, I don't foresee him as the starter, being that Hollingshead has been so uh, important to our defense. But this is good depth that we're looking for. Perhaps he can play left back as well. He's primarily a right footer. But um, I think it's a good addition. And it was something that LAFC was desperately lacking in depth. I so think so too. They addressed that for sure. Yeah, we needed a, um, we needed, we needed more depth. You know, since we lost uh, Franco Escobar, that's some, like one of the first things that we mentioned. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. we... We let go of Franco Escobar, but we still need someone else on the mm-hmm. uh, that that can play that that position because we just got Hollingshead and uh, and our boy Chiki Palacios. I don't know if we have any other uh, outside backs in our ranks. That Maybe a youth academy guy. Yeah, but still. we need we need some we need. I'm I'm glad we got this guy. I'm very happy. I, I'm happy with it because it's not going to be a DP kind of spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sergi Valencia, another Barca Academy product, joins LAFC and. I'm all for it. Me too, bro. I'm all for it. I'm ready for it. I'm excited. So, bro, I mean, it's only been a week since our last podcast. Yeah. So, LAFC hasn't come out in that much news. The To me, the Abomeyang story was the biggest thing that's happened recently. Yeah, pretty recently. much. I would agree. So, I'm really hoping that gets, you know, done in the next week or two. However, that's going to work out. But... LAFC still is in need of getting, if not a Bowieing, a kind of a big player. So we'll see what's going to happen in the next couple weeks uh-huh. as the season approaches. But LAFC's team is looking pretty good. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's looking really good. It's it's looking good to me. The number nine is my own. My just like we have to figure something out there. Uh-huh. But um, overall, I'm pretty confident going into this year. I know. We, now that we're champions, maybe we won't put so much intention into the, or as much effort, I would say, into uh-huh. the regular season, meaning like we don't have to get the supporter shield. Yes, I agree on that aspect. Yeah, like I, I believe we're going to be a strong, strong contender for the MLS Cup once again, just because this roster is almost identical uh-huh. to last year's, apart from a couple big pieces, actually. But... If the right players are brought in, I think we could repeat or contend. And CONCAF Champions League, that's to me, is where we should put our most effort after watching, you know, Seattle Sounders go out a couple days ago. They got the smack now. Versus, what was it, Ali Ali? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Al Ali or whatever. Ali, yeah, like them losing to them, you know, only 1-0 shows that, I mean... MLS teams are getting better, mm-hmm. and they potentially could get to the point to play a big, big team like Real Madrid in the final. Dude, that would be... Man, that would, that's the dream. That is the dream, and that is why I feel like LAFC should be putting all their 
effort in, in this CONCACAF Champions League because this might be the end of Carlos Vela very soon in oh, the next man. couple seasons. That's true. That is true. So we should take advantage of that as much as we can. Yeah, I agree. Well, Jorge, that just about sums up what mm-hmm. I've wanted to talk about on today's podcast. Is there anything else you would like to add? Uh, pretty much, uh, that's pretty much everything. That's pretty much covers everything that that's, that's happened so far. You know, to expect. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to 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 the to the next few weeks. You know, up into the beginning of the season. That's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. The season's approaching. Our season tickets are why going to the BMO stadium you know uh, like all we, this stuff uh, I mentioned for it I can't wait to get back to Sam, Sam. to the stadium and, and watch our team play Sam bro so hopefully we'll see those moves yeah for real alright everybody well I hope you have enjoyed the podcast and we will be back very soon see you guys next time thank later, you later skaters <laughs> <laughs>